Shallowy driving it toward the back post for Zussi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slots it home! Zussi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zussi re-elect! Graham Zussi! Shallowy knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello and welcome in to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm Allie Trost-Martin, joined as always by Nate Bucati as we are taping the show live from Compass Minerals National Performance Center here on a uh, very cold and frigid Tuesday afternoon where Sporting Kansas City trained, had some media availability following what was their home opener over the weekend against the LA Galaxy, a 0-0 draw. But, man, that game, Nate, could have and should have really been uh, a win for Sporting Kansas City. A number of chances, um, so many shots, some shots on goal as well, but just couldn't find the back of the net. We will recap that game. We will also hear some sound bites from training uh, out here today at Compass and then Later on in the show, we are joined by Sporting KC forward Daniel Shallowy to talk mustaches, FC Dallas, the season, and a whole lot more with him. So that's coming up in the show. And then we will close things out previewing Sporting's next match, match day number four against FC Dallas on the road at Toyota Stadium. They are starting the season with three of their first four games on the road before they return home on March 25th to take on the Seattle Sounders. But Nate, Looking back on that game against the Galaxy, I look, I just think that they don't want me to have a goal call yet in my new role as play-by-play. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get ready. So many near chances and near opportunities in and around the box. Uh, if anything, I'm going to be extra ready now when it does happen. But even still, there's a lot of positives that you can take from that performance. 30 shots 66 entries into the final third and 48 actions inside the box when you when you compared the two uh, shot maps for both teams I mean it was the difference was stark and Sporting Kansas City didn't just dominate offensively I thought they dominated really the entire game uh, from start to finish yeah I, I mean obviously Sporting was the better team on the night against LA and I don't think you really should panic too much or be too worried about um, the lack of goals so far this season it is frustrating you have three games under your belt a team that has the quality of players like Eric Tommy and Willie Agata and Daniel Shallowy in the mix, you expect to find the back of the net a few times by now this year. I, I will say that um, I, I don't – I'm not one of those people that's completely hung up on XG whatsoever. But I do think it tells you something. I mean, mm-hmm. like all those stats you just led, you just gave us, they all tell you something. Um, 1.5 XG for sporting in this game. It wasn't like they went out and posted a 4XG and didn't score. The, yeah. ch- the, the chances, you know, and I had the chance to call the Colorado game the week before that was a record-setting performance from William Yarbrough, the goalkeeper for Colorado. He had 11 saves in the game, and he made a couple of really nice ones on rebounds at the end of the game. But for the most part, the vast majority of those saves were, you would expect, every single goalkeeper at the professional level, not just at the MLS level, but at the professional level, to make those saves. So, you know, not all shots are created equal. Mm-hmm. Not all entries into the to the penalty area. There were a lot of blocks in this game against yes. L.A., which means there were defenders in position mm-hmm. to block those shots in the game as well. So I don't think that Sporting are quite creating the chances 
that you go, well, how in the world are they not scoring those? I think that the, the level of chances they could create could get a little bit better. I think there's one really obvious answer to one of those. You mentioned, you know, players coming back. Uh, when we do these games now, the, the, this fancy Apple TV deal, they've given the broadcasters these uh, a personalized stats page that you get to use and log on to and look at different things. And one of the things that they love right now is the attacking zones, right? Mm-hmm. And when you look, I'm showing Allie the yeah. graphic right now. You look at this. Wow. 16, um, so they, they have four quadrants that you can attack into, right? The left wing, the right wing, and then the two central channels. Mm-hmm. The two central channels are 16% and 10%. They're not generating a ton of attack through the middle of the field. That's somewhat normal. I'm noticing I'm around the league. Teams want to clog up the middle and force you wide, so that, that's a little bit normal. But in terms of attacks, on the, out of 69 attacks by Sporting Kansas City, 51% of them came up the left-hand side with the guy that's about to be our guest on the show, 23% up the right-hand side. Well, who's missing on the right-hand side? Johnny Russell. He's out with the hamstring right now. And the t- attack becomes a lot more balanced yep. when you have Johnny Russell out there. And I know they're hoping that, that Johnny you know, continues to develop. And they're hoping that Kyrie Shelton can give you some things. And he does give you some things. But, but he's different than Johnny Russell. And the other thing, too, that you have to consider, one Johnny there's Russell only is one Johnny Russell. <laughs> there is a, oh, Nate. You know, I, if there's, two, if there's, for that, if there's two things I'm going to rip from you, it's that and Graham Zussi for president. And, and Zeus has had a couple of attempts from, from right. way outside. And as we know, he has the ability to score from there. But we talked about this on the Final Whistle post game show. And something that Johnny does being kind of that inverted winger type is when he when he drives in line or when he cuts inside, it doesn't just create dangerous chances for sporting it disorganizes the defense. Yes, 100%. And I think, you know, when we talk about some of those blocks and, and the Galaxy being in position, number one, you have to give them some credit because they were coming off of what was a really abysmal defensive performance, getting stretched mm-hmm. and making mistakes against FC Dallas. But to be in position and to make it difficult for Sporting to get the right shot, to get uh, the right pass and, and find that, that that final touch around goal, um, that was definitely an issue. And Jonathan Bond uh, did earn Team of the Week goalkeeper. Keeper, so this is now two straight weeks in which Sporting faced the uh, the eventual Team of the Week keeper. Although I, like you said, I, I think some of those chances you would expect him to save, and uh, was probably just the sheer number of shots that he faced, which uh, put him on Team of the Week. But yeah, it'll be interesting. And I think you know while. Kyrie Shelton and Marinos Johnny's both offer you something on that right side. Johnny Russell is, as we've seen throughout his uh, few seasons now in MLS, a force to be reckoned with and is just a great complement for that front three for Sporting Kansas City. And look, the other thing uh, to factor in here, too, is that although Eric Tommy and Willie Agata came in and immediately acclimated and made their impacts last year, it's a new season. It's a new season, and while there are a lot of the same players, it's a new team. And there are going to be kind of those just growing pains and, and learning moments that need to happen early in a season. Vermees always says it. The final piece to come together is often uh, around goal. And so the fact that the team does have so many positives to pull from these first three weeks, the fact that they haven't conceded a goal in 264 minutes is a huge positive. The fact that they are creating so many chances uh, is a huge positive. Those Things are only going to improve and get better, and I think the quality of chances uh, is certainly a big one. Yeah, and, and and that's that's to go back to the point. They are creating chances. The, the and I mentioned you know the XG statistic that said 1.5 for Sporting Kansas City, 0.4 for an LA Galaxy side that has 
one of the most exciting playmaking midfielders in the league right now, Enrique Pucci. And, and, and so I think, to me, I'm not so worried about the fact that they haven't scored because I do believe you get these guys on the field, they're going to score goals. And even with the guys that are on the field right now, I think they're going to score goals. And But then Polito, Kinda, Russell, all of a sudden, it's an embarrassment of riches in the attack. The bigger part to me is shoring up that defense that they had from a year ago that, that conceded too many chances, that had too many mistakes, and they, look, they had a big mistake very early in game number one, and since then, not only have they not conceded, I think about 54 goals last year, by the way, not only have they not conceded, they're not giving up that many good chances, and I think that it starts in the midfield. I mean, the, the back four yes. and, and the goalkeeper deserve their plaudits as well, but I think that the midfield performance has really been, I think, maybe the star of the show so far for Sporting KC in, in this season. And against one of the league's best midfields mm-hmm. at that, and I, I would agree with you in that. I don't think that they allowed the Galaxy to really have their way in the midfield and create a lot of chances through the middle. I mean, the, the Galaxy didn't really have a ton of chances in this game at all, but I thought that winning the midfield battle was going to be a key going into this game. And I thought sporting did that handedly. And another positive that we got to see as well was the um, addition of Nemanja Radoya, who made his debut for sporting Kansas city at the six. We got to see Tim Leibold get his first start at left back. Uh, Some great, depth on this team this year and, and while there are a lot of players working back um, particularly in some of those offensive roles I think we've seen this team get better in all position groups and so that was um, something that was was good to see in this game and this and today Nate out at training we got a chance to hear from some of the players from manager Peter Ramiz and one player who was very interesting to hear from was defensive midfielder Remy Voltaire who there's been there's long been a debate since he's come over in 2021 is he an eight is he a six and as circumstances have had it it, he's played more of a six for Sporting Kansas City but now you'd imagine with the addition of Nemanja Radoya who I think the club looks to take over maybe that starting spot you would just naturally assume that Remy Voltaire would push up into that more advanced number eight midfield role but Maybe or maybe not that'll be the case. Well, let's hear uh, what Remy Voltaire had to say about his role within the team and how he likes the six compared to the eight. I mean, I don't know what it will, do, it will do, but I feel very good at the six, and I love to play this way. Uh, everybody can show all my quality at this position, so I'm very good. If I have to play eight, I will, but uh, I love to play six. That's my point. Is that uh, is that is that a change for you? Do you feel like you've grown into that position more over time? Because I felt like in the past maybe you you, yeah. you thought of yourself more as an eight. Everyone known like they they thought that I'm an eight position like eight player. But in the past, uh, in national team, French team, or whatever, in Nancy when I start my career, I was six. So I just uh, moved uh, higher on the field after. But I know the position and I feel very good on that. So it's not a, a surprise for me to be good at this position. And I know what I what I have to do. And I did well, so I, I keep going. Your skills fit better, you think, at the sixth than the eight? In general, I love the sixth position because I can control the game. I can show my quality because I run a lot. I win a lot of balls. And uh, I have a good quality pass and control. Yeah control pass so I mean I'm good in six and I, uh, I keep going like that all right so there is Remy Voltaire and Nate 
Great, great line of questioning from you. Just what kind of g- did you make of his answers? Because that's that's been a question I feel like we've gotten different answers on over the last couple seasons. Yeah, you know, first thing I want to say is before I parse any words from Remy Voltaire, he is speaking in his second language. Now, I think he's very, very good at his English, but I just always like to make sure that, you know, we, because there's a little nuance in a turn of phrase that you can read into. And if, if I'm doing that, I want to make sure I say that up front. Maybe we're reading into things that he didn't intend to say. But when he made the comment of um, if I have to go play at the eight, I will do that. I turned to some of the guys that have covered the team on a consistent basis after he left and said, he always told us he was an eight before, didn't he? And they said, oh, yeah, because the way he spoke there was a little bit like, well, I've always been a six. You know, I was a six when I was in France, and then it wasn't until later in my career that I moved up to the eight, and I can play there. But, you know, six, I know the position. I'm not surprised that I'm good at it. And and I thought, man, that I don't believe that's the way he always talked. And And so that stood out to me a little bit. I personally am here for it. I think he's – I almost made a comparison I'm just not going to make because I don't want I don't I don't like doing that. I don't want to make a comparison that then we, we get hung up on that. So just for him, it seems to me from listening to those comments after watching last year, because I remember last year, too, going into the season, him saying, and that's what led to the question. Thad was the one that asked the question. Hey, you've spoken in the past about wanting to create more chances, you know, get assists, get goals. Do you think you're going to be able to do that now that that Radoy is here? And I almost thought. I got a little bit of Remy like, and eh, that's that job. That that number six job is my job. He's not to you know. He's gonna have to beat me out for that job. Mm-hmm. I'm putting words in his mouth now. That's that's yeah. not what he said, but that's kind of how I heard that reaction. And um, when he said, you know, I I can control the game from the six. Where yeah, sure, I'll have more assists and goals when I'm up there, but I can control the game. And I just thought to myself, is that a guy that that realized? As the season was going on last year, man, I can be really good at this, Mm -hmm. you know, and then starting to realize, because I I, I will say this to confess to Allie, I have a thing for the six. I just, I, you know, I just believe that it maybe is the most important position on the field. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the job that matters the most and gets the least credit because mm-hmm. you don't get the goals and assists, and that's what everybody notices, you know. But that's why I was such a big fan of Elia when he was here, for example. I've always felt like if Sporting are going to be able to play the way they want to play with the fullbacks bombing up the field and creating all these chances and being dynamic, they got to have a six they can count on. And honestly, I feel like Remy Voltaire has grown into that mm-hmm. and maybe and, and, and it sounded to me like a guy that is now not only reluctantly accepted the responsibility but embraced the responsibility like I can control the game back here mm-hmm. and so I asked Peter Vermees about it because I wanted to know is that something that that he's had to convince Remy of or he just kind of totally gets so we spoke with uh, we spoke with Peter Vermees after Remy talked today about this very topic I think he feels comfortable there he's played you know, he played majority of the season last year and he's played you know a couple games now here and he's done really well um he he says his qualities can play both six and eight really easily um the one thing about him no matter where he plays he always 
he hits a standard like he has set a standard for himself and he always hits that um he probably doesn't get the recognition that he should because of how consistent he is but that's his quality he's he's very consistent on both sides of the ball and he always hits the same standard if not more one of the things he was saying is yeah if i play the eight i get more chances at goals and assists but if i play the six i can control the game more have you had to sell him on that at all or is that that's something he's he's got no, in him no he, he just He's uh, he's got a really high soccer IQ. Um, he understands the responsibility, you know, whatever position he plays. I mean, obviously there's talk about it, but it's not like I have to sit him down for a 20-minute conversation to explain that. He's he's he just he gets it. He understands that there's a certain role and responsibility that goes with each of those two positions, and he he has the quality for both. So there's Peter Vermees on it. He said he didn't have to sell him on it. Maybe that's true, and maybe. Rodoya comes in and plays the six, and Remy goes up to the eight. I'm going to be interested to see. I think that the best point is Peter Vermees has chess pieces he can move around now. If they feel like they need to get more creativity through the middle of the field or they need to give Rogers some time off, mm -hmm. for example, do they push Remy up there? Do they push – I mean, Rodoya seems like he's always been a six. Yep. But, you know, so how do they handle that? And then when Gadi Kina comes back, they've got options. I'm excited about it, but I just thought that was interesting. You know, that sounded to me, and you tell me if I'm wrong, that sounded a little different than what we heard last year. Yeah, I, the last time I've had that conversation with Remy about that very topic, he told me, look, I just want to be on the field and getting playing time, wherever that is and right. however that looks. And, you know, in hearing Vermees talk about it, I, I think there's one thing that's very evident to anybody who watches Remy Voltaire. And Remy, by the way, uh, has now started in 45 consecutive regular season games. I mean, he was the Ironman for Sporting Kansas City last year, which, as we know in this sport, sometimes availability is your best ability. And his, mm -hmm. it has definitely paid off for Remy Voltaire in being flexible and available to play a number of different roles. Um, but the one thing that Peter said that, like I said, I think is evident for anyone who watches Remy is that he does set a standard for himself. And there is an expectation when he steps on the field, whether you're a fan watching him or, you know, for his teammates around him, you know what you're going to get from Remy. And I think when it comes to some of the, the chance creation as well, and maybe being in position to, to get an assist or get a goal, We've seen him now, even this season, step up and rip one from outside the box if, it, if a ball pops out because he's kind of that last man pushing forward. Mm -hmm. And so I think he will get those opportunities there. I think he has embraced um, the, the responsibilities of the six. And, and as he was even talking about how it highlights some of his qualities as a player. And then the last point in this is that this is a great problem to have. Like you said, Peter Vermees now has chess pieces that he can move around and, and has options within the game. That was something the team didn't have as often last year because of some of the injuries. I mean, some of their options were taking the team and moving guys out of position or putting them in different formations just to try and make up for the fact that they were missing so many players. And so I think that this competition now that you have within so many position groups and specifically within the midfield is just going to make this entire team so much better. And it's going to allow the technical staff to really put together game plans based on their opponents because one game might call for a Willie Agata style number nine or a, an Alan Plato style number nine, which I know we haven't seen in a, in quite some time, but you know, a player who can come and kind of drop between the lines and, and combine a little bit more deeper within, you know, the midfield and then advance the game forward. And as we have seen, and I can tell you right now for any fans wondering, we've seen it in training as Alan Polito has returned to full training. We've seen some bangers. He's ready to get back out there. He's excited. It's only a matter of time for me said that he is week to week, but 
I think my biggest takeaway from this and and the debate of, you know, where Remy ends up playing is just one example is that the team has options and they have a lot of yeah. great talent right now. And it's going to be really interesting to see how things kind of play out as the season advances. But it's going to take the whole bench because it's a long season. You add the League's Cup. There's going to be a lot of games. So you're going to need everybody. Well, it, it th- there's that question of. Is he a six or can he play the six? Yeah. That was, I remember having that conversation with Jacob Peterson a lot last year. Is Remy a six or is he just a guy who can play the six when you need him to? Um, because I think the difference, in my opinion, partially is how do you see yourself? Yeah, that's what important. What do you think you are when you go out there and play? What do you embrace? You know, and um, the fact that he seems like now he sees himself more as a six changes the answer to that question a little bit. I remember that same conversation, having that same conversation with Peter Vermees when they started putting Busio back there. Because mm-hmm. I think we always saw when he was coming up as more of a, an advanced midfielder making plays. Then all of a sudden they needed him at the six. He played really well. And I started saying, is that his best position? And, P- and I would ask Peter, is he a six? And Peter would say, He's a soccer player. You put him at the eight, he's going to play well. You put him at the six, he's going to play well. And I think there's some similarities there with with Voltaire that he's a soccer player. He plays eight, he's going to play well. He plays six, and that standard, to kind of sum up the conversation that Peter said about the standard he sets, and you amplified it, I don't remember him just going out and having a bad game. No. He's going to have a good game. He's going to go out there. He's going to run his butt off. He's going to be stuck in on tackles. He's going to be clean on the ball. He's going to make plays. Now, some games he's going to be even better. Like that game against Portland, he was the best player on the field, hands down. I don't know that I'd say that maybe the second game of the year or whatever, but he's still one of the better players. He just does it. It's like what a good thing that is to have as a coach. That guy's going to go play a good game. Period. You know, and then we'll see what else happens through the course of the game. And they've got that in Remy Voltaire. It's a great thing to have. Well, speaking of soccer players, Daniel Shallowy was a huge part of what sporting was creating going forward against the L.A. Galaxy last weekend in match day three in the home opener. He is our guest on the show coming up after this break. You are listening to the Sporting Kansas City show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We'll see you on the other side. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Allie Trost, Martin, Nate Bucati, now joined by Sporting Kansas City forward Daniel Shallowy. Daniel, how's it going? Good, how are you? Doing well, no complaints. Um, you know, just looking ahead now to next game day. You guys are back on the road, three of the first four games of the season on the road, this time taking on Dallas. But first, let's kind of look back to the home opener. And I want to start with uh, just what it was like being back at home. We talked about it all last week in the lead up. Just how nice was it? Uh, to get back at Children's Mercy Park. It was very nice. It was very nice to see the fans again. It's been way too long, and uh, they showed up, and I, I thought the environment was very good, and uh, they gave everything they could, and uh, I, I really enjoyed playing back again at uh, Children's Mercy Park. It was, it was awesome. So let's start and just get it out of the way. I know there's a lot of frustration right now within the group. You talked about it after the game, not having been able to find the back of the net through these first three weeks. What's what was kind of the, the reaction from the team as you guys all got together after the game and early this week now as the training preparations start for match day four? Yeah, everyone's positive. You know, I think um, we got to look at things that are very important, like taking clean sheets. And uh, that is that is a huge part in a, in a, in a team season. If, if you can get clean sheets, um, you, you have a, a solid team. And... Uh, I'm not. I'm not too worried. Yes, it's frustrating that we couldn't score yet, but uh, I'm not too worried because, as I said, I feel like it's um, all up to that first goal, and then um, everything will um, come right after that. You mentioned the clean sheets. 
no goals conceded in 264 minutes. What has been the key defensively? Because it takes the whole group. Yes, I thought, uh, you know, we saw some of John Paul's camp last year, and I thought um, that this year he, he came in with carrying that confidence uh, into this year, and he's been doing so well and, uh, you know, leading us from the back. And the whole back line is just um, doing, a, doing a good job. And, and I thought this game uh, we, did, we did a good job as a team of uh, stepping and being more aggressive and uh, cutting uh, passing lanes. I, I, I thought we were all uh, tuned in together. I, I thought we looked good, um, even looking back the highlights, the games. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of what we did. Um, if, if one of the shots would have gone in, I think everybody would have been super happy. And now it's just one of those, you know, that um, it's just a matter of time. But I think our goal is coming and our first win is coming too. I got to be honest, I'm incredibly distracted right now. Are you growing a mustache? No, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's too bad we're not on it video. It sure this looks week. to me like you're growing a mustache. Once, if you tell me it's a podcast, uh, I'm not going to shave. And then once it's the video, <laughs> I shave for that. So <laughs> don't worry. It'll be gone by the weekend. So that's not a. But it looks like you shaved everywhere else, man. This is. Know? No, no, no. This is the max I can grow. This is, is the max. It? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Baby face forever. That's it. It's not. You're not thinking about it? Is it I couldn't convince you I, if I, I tried? I mean, if I could grow a full beard, I would yeah. love to try it. But. But it's but not a not, I'm talking a mustache. You're uh, not trying to grow a mustache. No, no, no. Are there no, any, like, I can't even think of a player in MLS who just, uh, like, rocks only well, the mustache. I was in San Jose this week, and a Kate Cowles got Kate Cowles, I was literally Oh, really? Kate okay, Cowell. I guess I haven't seen him in a bit. And he's kind of got the mustache. mullet going on, yeah, too, or he's, something. Yeah. That's, and he pulled that up a in a look. cowboy hat. He was <laughs> rocking it all the whole thing. Yeah. What is he like? What would you consider, like, a coastal cowboy? Yeah, he's definitely got a cowboy thing. I don't know how it works in San Jose. I don't know either. Benny Fellhaber used to rock a good one every once in yes, a while yes 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 but okay all right i just it looked to me like you're growing a mustache and i thought man i've never had, i don't think i've ever seen daniel shallowy with had a, to be asked yeah glad you, sorry glad you took that one i'm here to hit you know ask the real questions on the show um you, you guys uh, you you talk about you know the, the goals are going to come i think everybody knows that there there's there's talent here and then there's talent that's that's coming too uh attacking players i'm looking at this little fancy stats page they give us access to now that, uh, that that says that you were you led all players in this last game against uh, LA in, in crosses. You had seven crosses in the game. Is that um? And you guys had a lot of crosses in week number one against Portland as well. Is that something that um is a way that you guys see to get better chances to score this year, or is that just kind of does it just kind of naturally start to happen in a game? Um, can you take me? Were you even aware that you had that many crosses personally in, in this game this past weekend? Yes, I think um, <clears throat> having a player like Vili Agada up there, it's something that you you want to use him, you want to feed him with the ball. And I think he's one of those players that you can kind of put a ball in the box and just hope for him to, to get to it because he's so good at, uh, at finding those spaces. And I, I think it's, he was very close this game as well. And uh, I, I think it's it's something that I I want to I want to keep doing because I'm sure that there's going to be games when with this many crosses he will score two goals and then everything everything just clicks you know but right now it's just a little bit off but um, yes I think it's um, it's important to put teams under pressure with uh, crossing and doing variations you know not just crossing but passing around them or trying to shoot from distance whatever it is but have variations to our games. Has anything changed now in training when it comes to shooting drills and 
recreating situations that you might see in a game just based on maybe some things that you guys have seen through those first three weeks? No, not really. I mean, let's be honest. If you look at a team season, there's going to be games like we play three games. There's going to be three games in every team season when they yeah. when they don't score a goal or something. But we, it's as you said, we started with two two away games. Now we played at home. Yes, we didn't get the win, but it's just a matter of time until we get the first one. But not too stressed. I, as I as I said, I look back and uh, I am very critical with my game usually and I, I was like I, I think it's fine I think it's coming and uh, not too worried I usually do well in Dallas they're a really good team it's gonna be tough but I'm hoping that um, it all gonna start this weekend yeah that that's the whole concept in sports of, of not confusing the process with the result right mm -hmm. sometimes you can play a really bad game and something fluky happens, you score a goal and yeah. you win, and everybody thinks everything's great, right? But it's really more about the way the team looks and the way that you're performing right now. And it seems to me, talking to everybody, that you guys feel like the process is fine. The, yeah. And the results, if the process is fine, over time the results will come as a, as a result of that. Yes, I, I, I believe in that. And I think, uh, as you mentioned, many guys are coming back from injuries, and uh, it's just something that if we – have the stable defense and we we look good as a team then everything else will uh, will follow a part of that defense too was we got to see tim leibold get the start at left back and of course a big part of that position is combining going forward with you on the left wing just how did you see in that you know first significant amount of minutes for leibold at left back that relationship develop yeah he's a he's a really good player and i think um we're gonna do a lot of good things together. I just hope that uh, he gets, uh, you know, adjusted to the league as fast as possible. Because with all these travels, everything you need to be, you need to be fit. You need to make sure that you are always bringing the top performance. And I'm not saying that, you know, other leagues it's it's easier, but all the traveling that uh, you do in MLS as a foreigner coming into this league, it's it's very difficult to get used to because it's just. Uh, tires your body down so i hope he's gonna be ready for it and he's gonna be fit but um, just like him then you as, as we mentioned we have depth now you know you have ben sweat there logan and Dembe is working back so all good players uh and and i hope that you know i i have a good connection with all of them because they they help my game a lot has Leibold adjusted to the locker room well? How does he feel about the emo tunes you told me were uh, kind of a staple of preseason? <laughs> I think he likes it. You know, I think <laughs> no one's been complaining about the emo tunes so far. So I feel like it's it's been hiding in people's uh, memories and uh, it definitely unlocks something. Yes, it, the people you, Avery yeah. and Laving, then they were like, "All right, this is nice. This is nice." Little like I remember crying to this in my bedroom. Yes, when I was yes, 12. yes. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we're gonna keep that going. <laughs> hey, you mentioned the success you've had down in Dallas. They're one, one, and one on the year and obviously Jesus Ferreira's star he's already got two goals on the season what is it about playing there for you is it just is it is that a random thing or is there something too when you go down there you feel good and you play well I think it's just random honestly yeah. I feel like uh honestly Dallas is a really good team and I thought uh the way they put their team together last year was already amazing and um you know as a player you have some teams that you you like watching when you are not playing, like there's a game on and you look, search for those teams. Dallas is definitely one of those teams because that attacking, uh, that that front, I want to say four with Pomical as well, like mm -hmm. adding him in there, it's just fun to watch. So 
They're very dangerous. They are they're very good. The reason why I'm good, I usually play good against them. I have no idea why, but uh, I want to keep it going. I think uh, I've had many good games away, many good games at home against them. So hopefully this is uh, this going to be one of those again. Well, we will see come uh, come Saturday night as you guys travel down to Dallas to take on FC Dallas, 7.30 p.m. Uh, kickoff on MLS Season Pass. But, Daniel, we know that you've got to go, so I don't want to take up any more of your time. Wanna think avoid... about that mustache. Just think about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, Nate's going to, like, keep I'm hammering this one. I'm just saying it's possibility. You know, it projects power, you know. Okay, and, I guess if confidence. you did have a mustache, what kind would you grow? Would you do, like, the little... The little twirl. One of my favorite servers in all of Kansas City, yeah. one of my favorite restaurants, has this incredible mustache. You yeah, like, like actually yeah. like curls the wax yeah. one. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's impressive. Johnny did that in preseason, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a picture. I we need to I get this photo because yeah. I would and love it's to a podcast, see that. so you can't show it. I know. It, but well, hey, maybe we'll. <laughs> you can put it on your Twitter. I'll send yeah. it to you. Oh, yeah. well, don't I, I do don't know. Now. Johnny's probably annoyed at how many I kind of blasted him with the uh, the bad. What was it? The the captions on. Okay, I promise you, you're going to want to go uh, he, on Twitter. He, he looks like a character from Monty Python right there. Like <laughs> uh, one of the knights who say knee. Yeah. <laughs> you guys I, haven't seen that movie? It's no, a, I have. It's okay. just been a while. Okay. I can't recall like movie quotes all that well. And so anytime someone brings something, I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that sounds nice. But uh, that's an incredible photo. We will be tweeting that out. Please either. send that to me. Yes. Yeah, at Nate Bucati, at Allie Trostmartin. That is just fantastic. We'll see what kind of mustache that Daniel Shallowy grows. Won't be in time for this game on Saturday night, but you should still tune in and watch the Sporting KC. Takes on FC Dallas, 7.30 p.m. Saturday. Daniel, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for having me. All right, and we will be right back to wrap things up on this week's Sporting Kansas City show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. You're listening to the Sporting KC show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we are back to wrap things up on this week's edition of the Sporting Kansas City show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Sporting Kansas City now looking ahead to week four as they will travel to Dallas to take on, or Frisco rather, to take on FC Dallas at Toyota Stadium. Nate Bucati, Allie Trost-Martin, and uh, Nate just kind of quick thoughts when you look at this matchup coming up. It's kind of been hard to get a sense of what this FC Dallas team is at this point in the season, but looking at the team that they have, we know that they're going to be uh, likely one of the contenders come end of season once we get into the playoffs. Yeah, this FC Dallas team finished third in the uh, West last year. They're 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 good. They have young talent. They got some veterans around that young talent. Um, I, I think they're going to be a solid team again this year. They're they're one one and one, so they're not having the most spectacular start to the season. It's three games in, just like we talked about with Sporting KC. You don't overreact to that. Look, I, I, we we can talk about a lot of guys, but for me, I I do still want to talk about Jesus Ferreira because yep. you know they they. They ponied up the money to keep him around when most of the other young, great players they've had, they sold on right away. I expect him to be playing in Europe at some point in the not-too-distant future. Um, maybe he'll end up you know, playing here in, in Major League Soccer for the rest of his career. If he does, he might threaten some goal-scoring records and stuff. Yeah, he's only, and it'll be great for Major League Soccer right, if that's the case. That'll be great. But he's only 22 years old. He's got two goals. They both came in the second game of the season. Um, but, but to me... When you're going to watch these games, you want to see stars. You want to see guys that are special. I know he didn't have the greatest run in the nas- with the national team at the World Cup this time around. Again, he's 22 years old. Um, I think he just turned 22. He's worth watching. 
Yeah. Turn the game on, watch him play, see if Sporting Kansas City can keep an eye on him and keep him out of uh, scoring a goal. And really, Daniel Shallow, kind of touched on it when we talked with him in the last segment. He doesn't even just see it as that front three for Dallas with Jesus Ferreira, Alan Velasco, and Paul Ariola. He also includes Paxton Pomichol, another uh, young beneath player them, another fun young, yeah. fun-to-watch player. And that, I think, is going to be the key for sporting in this game. We've seen a really, I, I think, strong defensive effort through the first three weeks outside of a couple of early mistakes in those first two games of the season one of course leading to the goal uh, that they conceded against the Portland Timbers in week one but outside of that it's it's been a long time since since they have conceded a goal and they've looked organized. That, of course, uh, includes the leadership of John Polskamp in net for Sporting Kansas City. But I think defensively, if there's a team that's going to put that pressure on you and enforce those mistakes, it is FC Dallas. They've got so much speed up top, and as we saw in their best game of the season, their only win so far against the LA Galaxy at home, they were just so lethal when it came to picking off uh, LA Galaxy kind of capitalizing on mistakes, forcing mistakes, and then quickly getting in behind. And so I think for Sporting, just to keep those guys in front of them, not you know make any of those kind of mistakes, because I think if there's a team that's going to capitalize, it's going to be FC Dallas. Yeah, they they, they with Paul Ariola is also another. I mean, just such a good, yeah. such a good soccer player, and um, and a veteran and a competitor. I think he to me he's he's a Sporting Kansas City kind of guy. You know, I think he's the kind of guy. I haven't ever asked Peter about him, but I would think that if I did, Peter would say, "Oh yeah, that's my kind of player." I mean, he's he's got that bit between his teeth when he plays. He's he's up for a fight. He's he's. Uh, constantly working even though he's an attacking player he's playing defense he's you know he, he'll he's not afraid to get stuck in and a tackle um so yeah they, they're they're a good soccer team um but i think that for sporting kansas city man they just keep playing the way they've been playing if they keep playing the way they've been playing i fancy a result in frisco and and maybe even a win this time around i, I mean they're going to find the back of the net here before long and I, i'm guessing it's going to happen this weekend yeah and as another thing that shall we point out that i think is important to remember it's like this has just been a three-game stretch as the season wears on there are going to be teams maybe even sporting kansas city again where hey you might have another three-game stretch where you're not finding the back of the net and and it's just part of the eventual you know like that process and that growing into the season although i do feel like as soon as sporting kansas city get that first one i think the goals are going to start falling in the same way we saw them falling when willie agata and eric tommy joined the team last summer so sporting kansas city on the road against fc dallas another chance to go out get that first win and first goal of the season the effort has been there peter vermese has raised that effort through the first three weeks, and they're going to need that against a tough FC Dallas opponent. You can watch the game on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV. Myself and Jacob Peterson, of course, will have your local broadcast call on the radio at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Kickoff is at 7.30 p.m. Nate, where are you going to be this weekend? I'm going to be calling the Seattle Sounders versus LAFC match on Big Fox. Wow. So I'm going to be That's getting to make my Big Fox debut. I've done some games on FS1 in the past, but never on the big network with Tony Miola, and it's a big game, right? Yeah. So, um, what, ta- what day is that one? Uh, that's on Saturday at uh, I want to say two thirty Central Time. Uh, I'm, I got to make sure I get all my times correct, you know, because I'm like now, you know, doing the ne- national stuff, Allie. <laughs> oh they, yeah, you're they, hopping time zones they, left they, and right. Yeah, they give you the Eastern Time Zone kickoffs and everything. So, okay, three o'clock Eastern, two o'clock Central. LAFC uh, at the Seattle Sounders on Big Fox on Saturday. 
So, yeah, get a chance to watch yeah. that one, you know, before you guys kick off. And uh, A nice little a game. Western Conference yeah. appetizer. I know that for sporting fans, eyes are always on what's happening in the West. So listen to uh, Nate on the call for that one. And then, of course, tune in at 7.30 p.m. Sporting Kansas City, FC Dallas. A big thanks to Daniel Shallowy for joining us on the show today. And for Nate Bucati, I'm Allie Trost-Martin saying see you next time here on the Sporting Kansas City Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB.